And the next episode of the podcast is brought to you by Folklory, the audio service we launched where we interview your loved ones and turn their stories into podcasts. And Mother's Day is coming up, you know, big occasion for everyone because everyone has a mother. And what do we have in store for Mother's Day, Harish? Basically, what we are offering is a 30% discount for any folklories bought between now and midnight of Mother's Day, which is May 14th. And if you book it by end of April, you will get your folklory guaranteed by Mother's Day. So if you've been thinking of a gift for your mom uh, or if you've always wanted to say thanks or or capture stories from your siblings for your mom or from your dad for your mom to hear, this this could be a great gift. Um, you can find out all the info you need on our website, uh, folklory.com, F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y.com. It's also a new website which we updated a few weeks ago, which we are we're pretty proud of. So check it out. Use the promo code MOTHERSDAY30. Uh, I don't think I need to spell it out, but yeah, 30% off. Uh, and we would love to help you create an epic gift for your mom. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what? Terrence. Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Good old humor is the end of the week version. Hope you guys listened to the podcast we had with uh, Joe Tan. Yeah. A multi-talented performer. Yeah. I think it was uh, quite enjoyable for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, given her radio DJ experience, uh, she knows how to to really light light it up for for the for the microphone, right? But well, I can't I can't imagine being a radio DJ, you know. Mm. Like, can you if you if I told you, Terence, uh, for the next month, right, you're going to be a radio DJ. You, mm. I mean, not not shitting on radio DJs or anything, just the nature of the job. Do you think you can be a radio DJ? You know? Um, that means you you cannot shit on your co-host. You cannot squash their dreams. You cannot be the pessimist to their optimist. Mm, mm. I mean, it's a job, la. It's a job, la. Right. Mm. You, you can't, you can't, uh, I don't think you can go in there expecting it to be like, oh, I, it's in, you're presenting your true self to the world and you say everything you want unfiltered. It's like when you're hosting a wedding or something, you're not going to like break out stories of how your, you know, your friend, you know, cheated on his girlfriend or anything like that, right? Things mm. like that. Yeah, so it's like a job, la. it's a normal job. La. But if a wedding host, ultimately you are still a host, whereas Radio DJ, you're selling your personality. Eh? Mm, are you really? I mean, I mean, ideally, la, ideally. La. <laughs> ideally, mm. people listen to you for your, for your personality. La. I guess the ideal job fit for someone who's a Radio DJ is someone who even in real life sounds like a Radio DJ. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, he loves to talk you... in those jingles and... Yeah, and, you know, like those, like has something pithy and interesting to to always mic drop at the end of a sentence, uh, right? Yeah, and always ready to laugh at other people's jokes, no matter how funny or unfunny they are. Like. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, man. won't won't betray, won't break the code, lah. Basically, yeah, you're supposed yeah. to play a game, and you're not supposed to question how it's done and all that. And la. you think I can say Amlet on the radio? Confirm, can, 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 can. You just say that it's the. You just explain that it's the. <laughs> Some colloquialism. Random, yeah, yeah. <laughs> colloquialism. Some, uh, yeah, colloquialism. And then, oh, okay, okay. Because, yeah, that doesn't sound like what a typical Singaporean would say. And then, so it must be sophisticated, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's <laughs> what makes us uh, Singaporean. We're a mishmash, a rojak of all personalities. <laughs> but, yeah. And yeah. then go to a commercial break. Mm. Cool, man. But thankfully, we don't have to do that here. Mm. We speak yeah. our mind. Uh and we talk about any topic, as long as it's come somewhat <laughs> interesting. Uh, whether it's whether it like impacts people's lives, there's another question, la. But I think I think we try to find interesting topics, la, Right? Yeah, that that's debatable, la, uh, Given the mm, topics mm. for today, uh, yeah. which we will get into. Mm. Uh, but anything to say before we jump into the first topic? Uh, I think as always we. We asked, uh, you know, I think a lot of people enjoyed the Joe Time podcast. Hopefully, if you discover Yalabak, if you're new to this, please tell one other friend about it if you enjoyed it. I know for a fact that mm. there's at least one 
like completely new listener this week who told that told me that uh yeah he's very happy he found us and now he's got something to listen to while driving. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. 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 Okay. Yes. So so shall we shall we jump into the first topic? Yeah, please. Okay, maybe we give the context of how we decided the topics for today first. Because, uh, you know, just building off what you just said about how we will always find stuff to talk about uh, regardless of how much they might impact people's lives, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, today we, we spent quite a bit of time deciding what to talk about because it felt mm. like there was nothing earth-shattering today, which I was surprised. I haven't felt this for a long yeah. time. Yeah, maybe it's uh, leading up to the Hari Raya weekend and, and everything. Lah. You know, like everyone's just pushing through to the weekend. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, we figured, okay, let's just let's just find two topics to talk about uh, and, and see where this goes. Lah. See where this goes. Mm. So the, the first topic um, is an article that appeared on Yahoo uh, via Insider. I guess the original article was published on Insider. Mm. And... It's about like someone who has been in the news quite a bit these past few yeah. months. Um, yeah. It is uh, Zoe Gabriel, the mm. 17-year-old influencer, I guess, who first went to court fame when she posted about her luxury Charles and Keith bag. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So on one hand, I did feel like, oh my God, we're talking about this again. And mm. no, nothing to against her. It's just like, how much are we going to talk about this? But here we are again. Yes. Um, because apparently in, I mean, there've been a few more articles that have been profiling her, uh, including mm. posts by Charles and Keith, because since the whole incident, she has become uh, involved in their campaigns as well as campaigns for Asia. Um, mm. But I guess she has reached a level of fame where people are just looking for reasons to hate on her. Mm. Um, and there were people commenting on those posts um, on 11th April, someone even compiled screenshots on Facebook uh, of Zoe's dad's LinkedIn profile mm. uh, and mm. goes on to explain why she feels that Zoe was being disingenuous when she said her family's poor. Mm. Mm. With the reasons being, if they came from the Philippines, her dad's an engineer, he's probably earning more than most Singaporeans anyway, so uh, the homeschooling must be expensive, so don't be hoodwinked by her. Mm. Mm, that's right. So, Terence, uh, yes. what made you want to talk about this? Uh, I guess it's an interesting uh, topic given, you know, the economic situation that Singapore is facing now, like, right? Mm. All the talk about two Singapores and, and you know, the inequality between rich and poor. Uh, I mean, literally this past week, like COEs, the price of COEs uh, for like the most normal kind of cars. I think the smallest car you can get uh, went past 100,000, you know, yeah. highest ever. So it tells you that, yeah, it's it's a real thing. Right? There's a lot of, um, and every other day we're re- reading about family officers from China or Indonesia coming into Singapore. Uh, they're buying up good class bungalows here. So, you know, the rich, a lot of rich families and people are moving en masse to Singapore, they're immigrating uh, to Singapore, right? Mm. Um but then on the ground, you know, we, you know, we're facing higher cost of living. Uh, people are feeling like they're, that you know, GST rising, blah blah, everything lah. So there's a lot of animosity, uh, building up tension, building up in society about the gap between the rich and poor, lah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some people are taking taking what uh, Zoe Gabriel, you know, the fame that she's enjoyed since since she came forward about the whole uh, being made fun of uh, having bought a having bought a Charles and Keith bag and thinking there was a luxury bag. Um, you know, sh- people have accused her of using, uh, you know, that divide between rich and poor to, to sort of uh, gain sympathy, lah, right? Mm. And become, and as of now, become famous and, you know, get endorsements, whether it's with Air Asia or Charles and Keith or appear on talk shows and stuff like that. Uh, and people are saying, no, she's actually from a pretty well-to-do background. So she is just sort of uh, uh, hamming it up when it comes to talking about her financial her financial background line, how, how she didn't have a lot. So uh, yeah, people are just calling her out for what her family background is. Uh. I think mm. 
yeah, interesting like the climate of 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 the inequality that we're talking about these days in the news lah. But how about yeah. you? Why what got you so excited about talking about this influencer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just the just the 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 chance to talk about news lah uh, and create this podcast. <laughs> the topic <laughs> itself, I won't deny that I was thinking, oh my god, is there nothing else that we can talk about? Um, <laughs> but I think when 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 you phrase it that way, in the sense that it it's it's not this issue itself that is is the focal point of uh this whole theme it is the broader what 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 this kind of shows like because for example right when there one post on facebook where a facebook uh, individual i won't reveal her name um uh but she mm. took like five six screenshots um of other commenters who were kind of writing very lengthy comments calling zoe's family out for apparently like having some strange history that makes it seem like they're not poor Um, mm. and posting it on Facebook. At first, I was thinking like, first of all, why the fuck is Insider writing about a post like this? How many comments or shares can it get? It got yeah. 2,000 shares, 778 mm. wow. comments, which yeah. means it's been shown, I mean, a two, any post that gets 2,000 shares, it's been shown to at least 100,000 people on Facebook. Yeah. Then I was thinking, oh shit. Of course, when you click on the shares, a lot of them are saying, well, this, this, this kind of Singaporeans are crazy like, because the post reeks of like xenophobia and I'm um, mm. just shitting on 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 people who are perceived to be rich, lah. But yeah. I think like what you said, I also was shocked with the COE prices. Uh, today there was another mm. four-room flat that just broke the 1.4 million dollar threshold. Jeez. Um, and it's it 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 just feels like there's that there's that feeling that's brewing, lah. You know, in people. Mm. Mm. Um, and I mean, I won't I won't deny it when I see certain things like oh, you know, like the prices going up, and I mean. Like recently, there was one development uh, that opened up near my house, and the mm. prices are expensive, man. But yeah. the first weekend, yeah. like sixty percent of it sold out. Mm. And and I think a few podcasts ago, I also was saying that it does feel like that whole two Singapore thing is, I don't know, it's it's coming more and more to the forefront, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I think everyone probably feels this to a certain extent because even if you're doing well, chances are there's someone who's like fucking. Miles ahead in terms mm. of I don't know whatever success is deemed uh, by society and yeah it's 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 just it's just weird man. Mm, mm. But the thing is valid. Uh, you know, it's a valid criticism that uh, if she didn't come from a very very poor financial background, uh, let's say she she was more middle class and everything, right? Mm. Uh, do you think it's a valid criticism that? Uh, You know the fame that she's received so far is unwarranted, and honestly, uh, and probably uh, so-called dishonest in in how she got it. Mm, I don't think so, lah. Uh, mm. like just 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 based on that, I think for for a number of reasons, right? Like first of all, you can't control when you go viral. Mm. Um, I don't think even she, in her wildest dream, expected her to go herself to go that viral. And mm. second of all. Uh, I saw some people also saying, you know, that if they go for family trips, there's six kids, two parents, but then mm. in your post, you say you couldn't afford bread. I think maybe previously, like years ago, I used to think, yeah, if you are, like, you, you're, you're for, you you want to take care of your food first, you know, if you're, if you're not well-to-do, why would you get an iPhone? If you can get mm. an iPhone, means you're not, you're not poor. But then as you get older, you realize people, people value different things differently. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think it took me a while to realize that. So, just looking at this post, it feels very like just because you're a mechanic, me- mechanical engineer in Singapore, mm. doesn't necessarily mean you're rich. You have six children. Yeah. So, so what 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 made you what made that change that shift in your uh, thinking about uh you know like like people who don't prioritize their spending and things like that. Oh, but I mean, people who don't prioritize their spending or just spend out of limits—that's a whole different thing. Right, um, that's a different thing, lah. But when, yeah. like, let's say, in this instance where they go for a family trip, but then vis-a-vis the fact that oh, they can only eat bread for certain meals and stuff like that. I uh, mean, you said that your you said that your opinion about this kind of thing changed. Well, what what triggered that change? Uh I mean, I remember. I think at one point it was it was a discussion with you. I think years ago, and mm. and. Along the lines of, I used to always think like, why the fuck would people pay five hundred dollars to eat a meal? You know, mm. I mean, to a certain extent, I still feel that like fine dining to me yep. is like, 
I, but I think it was specifically around the uh, e- e- Jiro dreams of sushi. Like, mm. that, mm. that thing, you know, like that, like, I think it cost like 500 US to pay for um, a meal with him. Yeah. You're talking just, about the, the documentary Jiro dreams of sushi, la, right? Yeah, yeah. Which talked like, about yeah. a very famous uh, sushi chef that even, I think even Barack Obama went to his, his store in, in Japan to try it out, la, right? Yeah, and and for me the last last time I would be like I'm never paying five hundred US dollars for sushi la. and mm. how amazing can it be? Four yeah. hours later, it ends up in your toilet bowl, right? Yeah. But I think it was a, f- a few conversations, and I know one or two conversations with you where your take was that ultimately you're paying this for the services of someone who's like the best in the world at what he does la. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought like, would I pay five hundred US dollars to watch like someone I really love in concert? Uh, mm. I think I would, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that was just that. That's on a higher level of like, okay, how people doesn't mean you. Of course, when I find people pay thirty thousand dollars for a handbag, I'm like, just fuck off, lah. Okay, mm. <laughs> that one, mm. one is a is a different thing. But I think since then, yeah, la, like people prioritize things differently, and maybe as you just grow older, you kind of you see the way people live their lives and stuff, but. But that's for mm. me, la. like, like, like for you, like, do you think it is warranted or do you think it has any justification at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I think quite similar to you. I also feel like, uh, why are people digging so much into her background and what she says, la, right? Uh, because, you know, I, I think that's the thing, right? We should try and take what people tell you at, at face value first, la, right? Unless unless they do something that is really that is really harming people or you know she's going around asking for donations from the public or something like that, la, right? Mm. Then then I think maybe you need, really need to go through it with a fine comb, la, right? Mm. But if all she's doing is, you know, putting her story out there, then like you said, it not even within her own control, it went viral. And all these brands, uh they can go and, you know, they can go and do their own fact checks and things like that. And after they've done it, they decided, oh, we still want to, to feature her and work with her. Uh, yeah, that I think that's okay because it doesn't really harm anybody whether or not she was, you know, maybe even stretching or exaggerating the truth a bit, like, right? At the end of the day, her message was was a, a good message, like, right? Mm. Uh, and it, it's not like she, it's not like she put up, she showed a fake bank account or anything like that. You know, she just said, uh, yeah la, she 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 said her growing up things are very modest with her family la, right yeah and uh yeah so i i don't think people should be should be uh you know coming down on her so strongly um so but actually that that kind of brings me to a very uh interesting thing that's going on on the side also la, you know mm. uh not sure if you heard recently but uh there's this um there's an influencer melissa Siko who mm. uh, very unfortunately, uh, I think her her second child, her second son was diagnosed with a quite a serious heart condition, you know, from from young lah, right? Mm. Uh, but but and then very recently had to go into the the NICU uh, and spend uh, I think a month or two there, and then uh, unfortunately passed away like last week or something. Mm. And uh, another influencer, Daryl Aiden Yao, the guy who you know, the guy who. Was the photo, the, you know, photo the Photoshop, guy. yeah, the Photoshop guy, who got famous for photoshopping himself into different locations, and, yeah. and passing off as as real. Um, he came forward and he started to to do a, I think a GoFundMe to help uh, Melissa Seiko pay for the medical bills of her of her child now, you know, who just passed. Um, mm. and there's a lot of scrutiny there, and in similar ways, a lot of. There's a lot of people, commenters and all that who are saying, hey, uh, you know, Melissa Seiko, she's known for traveling very luxuriously all across Europe. You know, her, I think she was famous for her, a lot of her wedding, you know, when she got married, a lot of her wedding was sponsored, sponsored by brands and all these things. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she gets all these things as an influencer. She's not poor. She, you know, she travels in style, travels with luxury. Why should we have to contribute to her GoFundMe? You know, why should we have to pay for her child's medical expenses when, when you know, there's a lot more other deserving people out there? Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, that that one's a whole can of worms in itself. Uh, and, and I think 
uh, there's still more to it coming up because I think Melissa Seiko herself, she's grieving, you know, she's not answered any questions about this. But I think the influencer Daryl Aiden Young has gone ahead to, you know, start the GoFundMe and all that. And, and a lot of people are questioning the validity of it. Uh, in that case, I, I, I mean, I, I, as much as, I, yeah, I empathize with what uh, Melissa Seiko is going through, right? But because there's an act of asking the public for donations, so definitely there will be more scrutiny, lah, right? Uh, mm. Even I think in whatever case, even myself, I'll be okay. I think they need to be really transparent and really communicative with how the you know the, the how the money is being used, and and maybe even Melissa Seiko herself has to has to address this at some point, like You know, at some point. But because they're asking for money, so I can understand why. There is public scrutiny, and I, in some in in some ways, I I think there should be la. There should be more scrutiny because you're asking for donations, you know. But mm. in this case for Zoe Gabriel, she never asked for donations, you know. And if anything, uh, by talking more about her, you are giving her, you are giving her the clout, <laughs> la, right? For her to go and get more sponsorships and endorsements. So if you don't like what she's doing, don't give her the attention, la, right? Yeah, uh, but I don't think she's done anything that warrants or needs her to really come forward and explain her financial background, lah. Yeah, which she did, lah. Which she did, right? A few yeah. days ago, yeah. um, with yeah. her dad, yeah. Um, because uh, I think yeah, there were accusations, um, to clear the air, lah. Uh, to clear mm. the air with her dad, which itself got a lot of views. But people are saying the same thing, like what you say, like She shouldn't have to come and explain. But yeah, I think. Yeah. I think that is the difference because even when you were telling me about the Melissa Seiko um, issue, I mean, like, I, I can't imagine what she's going through and she deserves all mm. the time she wants on her own. But with Daryl, even you know, starting a crowdfunder, just hearing it, I was like, something feels a bit off. Mm, mm, uh, mm. And and I think like what you said, like, but then, okay, so this is where it gets a bit, a bit uh, weird also, right? Because mm. let's say they've been there have been um, fundraising activities that are meant to fundraise for, you know, the whole wealthy people raising money for charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that also now has kind of like a, a sour taste because um, you just Google wealthy people or, or uh, raising money for charities. There'll always be a polarizing thing. Yeah. Um, because I, I guess that that's the thing about raising something publicly. La. Without context, you can imagine how it's going to be portrayed because she might be going through a really tough time. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you're talking about uh, Melissa Seiko, is it? Yeah. About, uh, yes, yes. Uh, about, about the thing because my initial thing was that, yeah, I I don't, I wouldn't want to contribute to that uh, crowdfunding um, effort just off the top of my head. Mm. But then if she's really going through issues, does this mean that she or her family doesn't deserve it? That's where, wow, fuck. Um, yeah, it's it poses a whole bunch of questions. Mm. It poses mm. but, a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. But but that's the thing about taking or asking people for money, like, Right? Uh, yeah. Regardless of the intentions, the moment you ask people for money, you have to be accountable for where it goes, like, Right? Mm. Um. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, like like you, and maybe more so than a lot of people, I really can empathize with the loss of a child, right? You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so it's it's I feel bad, but uh you know, the the thing about asking for money is from from donations and all is 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 that, yeah la, that's that's what uh it, there's this it's a it becomes a really gray area already la, right after that. Whether it's a you're asking for how how you're gonna be using the donations and things like that. La. Um and and to avoid just for your own sake to avoid any kind of doubt or any scandal or what you you should be more forthcoming or you should take the initiative and and really put it out there about how the money is being used, right? Mm. Um, but then, so so I mean I'm not expecting that like, Zoe Gabriel style where you have to come out and and lay and do a TikTok video and talk about your family finances and all that. But yeah, at least for the the money that was donated and and you know some kind of receipt or what or how who was transferred or paid to lah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But then you know I was just thinking just to just to play uh uh, uh the the role of the yellow butt. I mean ultimately, yeah. 
if I know this this is not just uh, specific to Melissa Seiko, but you know now that we're talking about on a stuff on a philosophical level, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I do think also that you know, like it's easy to look at someone who's fucking well off and be like, wow, you know, they have it easy, you know, like mm-hmm. look at me, I'm grinding and all. But everything's kind of relative, right? If you yeah. go down the socioeconomic tier, there might be people looking at you thinking, look at that person complaining, you know, like yeah. they don't know what I'm going through. So if you extrapolate that, maybe there's some billionaire and all who sees uh, a, a case like this, not not Melissa Seiko, maybe someone else who is also perceived to be well-to-do raising funds. If they want to give, technically, what's wrong with having a crowdfunding uh, uh, initiative that is not making everyone give? You still give your own choice, right? Right, so why is that? Why is that an issue? Like, like Daryl Eden is not uh, forcing every anyone everyone at gunpoint to be like you fucking yeah. donate now. It's yeah. ultimately you don't want to donate, don't donate, ah. Correct. Uh, it's true, but they are not. Spe- they've not specifically reached out to any billionaires to to step forward. They've mm. reached out to the general public, now, right? Which is mm. can be any mother son out there, you know. And uh, so that $10 that you get from a from a regular person could be worth a lot more to that person than a million dollars to a billionaire, right? And so, mm-hmm. so that's where I think, that's where I think the moment you open it up to the public, uh, I think uh, it's, it's important to be accountable. I mean, plus the fact, I mean, Daryl Aiden Yao has had, had his own uh, controversies, right? With when it comes to ethics, uh, when it comes to ethical uh, uh, you, the use of of, uh, or at least the his I think his, in terms of his ethics when it comes to to uh putting himself out publicly right that mm-hmm. uh is is definitely I think I think you know that whole Photoshop thing was quite a big deal back in the day like, right and and I, I kudos to him he's he's sort of made a comeback and and kind of turned it into his own advantage like, right but mm. uh but that's where I think yeah. Well, given his given his uh, history and and all that, it it will be scrutinized and it should be scrutinized a bit more carefully, lah. Mm. So you're saying that yeah. that as much as we should never judge, we should never label people, we should give people a second chance. If you're putting something in the public eye and if you're a public figure, you should also understand how it's going to be perceived, and you should yeah. take the necessary steps to make it as perceivable as easily perceived as possible. Yeah. So in, in some cases, this is what Zoe Gabriel is doing now, right? By mm. coming forward and being very honest or and even getting her dad on her videos to talk about it and all that, right? Mm. Uh, I think I think it's, you know, in some ways it's putting a human face to all these discussions about people and reminding people that you're talking about a family, you're talking about a father, you're talking about another human being when you speculate about them and things like that as well, right? So, mm. in some sense, that's, that's a it's good on her. She she's definitely very quite savvy. Yeah, she's very savvy. savvy. Yeah, for especially for you know given her age and everything also. So, in some sense, that that's yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, she is super savvy, man. I mean, like it's you like yeah, like, if you want to hit on her, it's mm. tough. That's why when you look yeah. at the post on Facebook, I'm like, wow, like um. I think if you look at it in isolation, it's really like, shut the fuck up. La. But yeah. then if you step back and think, what, what would drive someone to do this? Mm. Then makes you makes you think a bit more. La. Yeah. That's makes right. you think a bit more. And that's uh, all we can do in life. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Just encourage think everyone. A bit more. Yeah. Think a bit more. If um, you're listening to this on Friday on the weekend, just stop and think a bit more. Yeah. Think a little bit more. But, yes. uh, yeah, that's why, I mean, it's a good segue to talk about our next topic as well like, right which mm. is uh, you <laughs> know the, I think the lesson <laughs> is to think a bit more or read read and think a bit more before you <laughs> sign off on certain contracts as well like, right yeah yeah mm. <laughs> and, I mean this this issue is the title literally reads Singapore company sues engineer who quit after getting bonus court orders him to give the bonus back mm, that's right because the terms while not stated in his contract was actually stated in the employee handbook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, employee man. handbook. 
So, so I mean, just to be specific, what happened um, actually was uh, he tendered his resignation on March 25, 2022 and started to serve his contractual notice period of two months. Um, but the company had already processed payment of his bonus on 23rd March. Um, so basically, 23rd March, the company processed the bonus. Uh, 25th March, he tendered. And 26th March, it was received in his bank account. Mm, mm. And then the company said, uh, no, you have to give it back. <laughs> and they sued uh. him in court. <laughs> they sued him in court. And they and won. They are, and they won. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they won. won. So yeah. so their reason was that um he they they made the payment um because he I mean uh, he tendered his resignation after the payment was being processed and it was too mm-hmm. late to reverse the transaction because apparently employees are not eligible for a bonus if they are serving their notice period uh the when the incentive is paid so mm. basically because he tendered on the 25th and mm. the money reached him on the 26th. Mm. Technically, it was paid when he was tendering his, yeah. his service notice period. Lah. No, to be specific, I think in the employee handbook, it states that uh, if if the employee is serving the notice period on the date or the month that any of the incentives oh. are declared or paid. Oh, yeah, so correct, correct. because they paid it in March, and then he, start, he tendered in March and started serving his notice period. So there's an overlap because of the month of March. Lah. So, Imagine if he waited till April, you know, April first. Yeah. <laughs> all sorted. And no issues there, no issues at all. But because he tendered like five days early, that's what happened, lah. Yeah. Oh my god! And I mean, so it it really is not in the employment contract. Um, mm. but the company refuted this by saying, uh, there's another clause in his contract that says, and I quote, "You will enjoy such benefits and be subject to such further terms as laid down in the prevailing employee handbook." or elsewhere, mm. and the company expresses expressly reserves subject to the, oh, all this legalese, basically saying that, uh, no, there are other terms in the employee handbook. Don't mm. forget that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, but it's quite, it's quite, how do you feel when you, when you read about this, this case? Uh? I mean, uh, like when I see the thing in the contract saying you will enjoy such benefits and blah, 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 has laid down in the prevailing employee handbook. Uh, mm. I assume prevailing employee handbook means that I don't know the latest version of the employee handbook or some shit mm. um, or, or maybe even I mean I, it has to be the, the handbook that was around when he signed the contract lah, but it just feels like uh, I mean it's it's tricky but ultimately it's still there lah. Mm, mm, yeah it is lah. and uh I think, uh, yeah, just reading the clauses and all, and, and the fact that the employee himself later said that HR did go through all these clauses, uh, mm. you know, in the when he first got employed. So you, you, you can't say that he was blindsided by by the clause, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, if if he went through the employee handbook, it is kind of like, um, they do detail it, right? Mm. <laughs> Quite detailed. And I guess that's why the company decided to sue him. Yeah. But fuck, man. Like, if he, I bet this is one of the, the like, things he look back, he's like, oh, fuck, five days. Mm, mm, mm. Five days later, if he then no, six days, and he would have gone in. But do you think it's fair? Like, you know, Ultimately, contracts are always full of legalese and like stuff to that mm. that can be twisted and shit. Do you think it's fair the way it was worded? Um, I think in Singapore, definitely, the you know our infrastructure is everything is much more pro business, right? Uh, and you know, uh, there's a lot less recourse, I think, for employees, uh, who have grievances, like right, with their companies and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it. At the same time, like, uh, I mean, <laughs> this company, I, I guess if they, I'm not sure if they, did they name the company, like, right? But, yeah, yeah, they, oh, did, yeah, they, they did. did. Quantum Technologies Global Private Limited. Uh, I think everyone who works there now is going to be, you know, shaking their boots or double checking their employee contracts and making sure that they don't, they don't come to a situation where they quit a job and then they get sued, like, you know? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think any, everyone at yeah. every company should double check, man. Double check and and yeah, I think people recruiting for this company, 
uh, next time you Google the company's name, this this article will come out a lot. Uh, it's one of the first things, like right. Yeah. So it make it make you very cautious about what you sign the company, uh. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it just doesn't it doesn't sound nice, like, Right. That like you just just by quitting a company, you get sued, and then after that you have to pay the company back a bonus that was already paid out into your account. Uh, yeah, right? that's why. <laughs> it sounds crazy because it's like usually a bonus is for work that you've already done in the year prior. Yeah. Uh, but I guess because the company worded all these clauses such that such that uh, you know there seems to be they can claw it back if you quit the same month as, that you uh, got a bonus. Uh, yeah, it's just a tough situation for the engineer. And and I mean, I stand corrected about what I said earlier when I was uh, questioning the meaning of the word prevailing. Um, mm. Actually, it is for the latest handbook because one detail about this case is that mm. these terms, these clauses, these clauses of service retention period was indeed only introduced to the handbook on February 11, 2022. Mm. Mm. And in court, uh, he argued that he never acknowledged or never agreed to it. Like, but the company's defense was that it had emailed employees to notify them of the changes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that the bonus was always discretionary in nature. So, mm. that, 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 you know, kind of like also doesn't paint the picture, the company in a good light. Like, because if you email mm. changes five years after someone signed the original contract, yeah, do they even have recourse to kind of push back and, and, and uh, fight back and, and say, hey, you cannot just fucking change the term like that. Because mm-hmm. that, I know that credit card companies have done that to me before and I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. Just yeah. slowly reduce, really increase the minimum bank account required a uh, bank balance required in your checking account and then just fucking cut out all this late uh, like overdue fees so yeah, yeah. I hate that kind of shit la. yeah it's true la, it's true that, that this kind of thing shouldn't just be an email la, right because it's almost like it's almost like uh, a change in the terms of your contract in some ways la. yeah yeah exactly maybe you must you know like when you got even when Apple or any of those software updates when you update you need to agree to the terms and conditions right mm, if it's just mm. an email right yeah Wow, so I mean, this, what's this the difference? Uh, uh, what, what, what more? I mean, email versus what? Getting them to sign on a piece of paper or something? Yeah, because I mean, that's what you do when you sign a contract with a company, right? You mm. you're given the chance to review, and then you mm. sign, sign, which something. means that okay, la, You agree to it, whether or not you have been diligent about it, la. Mm. But it's not mm. if it was really just an email saying, "Hey, okay, we have changed this." That one feels a bit sneaky, la. Yeah, yeah. Or if you didn't read your email. For whatever reason, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, it's, it's like you, the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp scene, like that, just because yeah. then people who like you know like when you then they message you and then because you saw it, then they're expecting a reply or they 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 expect you to have already uh you know processed everything they sent you. Yeah, that's the scary kind of situation this guy is in, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's why like I don't know whether other companies do this. I mean, mm. we've been running our own thing for a while now, so. Uh, I can't even remember when I was in the corporate world what the 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 contract generally used to be, but it sounds like it can't be common like these days, or is it? I don't know, man. Uh, for companies to sue the employees, no, no, to to say that okay, we have these terms in the contract, but there's this other book which we can update periodically that will also be legally you'll be legally bound to mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, to to you know, my earlier point about Singapore being more pro business and all that. For example, like, right, one thing that was when I first moved back to Singapore and and got a job and everything, uh, one thing that shocked me was the probation period, lah. You know, like like mm. something like probation period. It doesn't exist, uh, at least not in the, the the professional world that I was working in the US, lah. Right. Mm. Um, there's no such thing as a probation period, lah. Uh, probation mm. is, is really is really limited to to talking about people going to jail and stuff like that, long, you know. But for in Singapore, every employee, every job you go to has a probation period, you know, where where um both sides, like, both the company and the employee can it's like a feeling out period and can they can quit with with much less uh much less uh consequences la, on for both sides. Right. Mm, 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 mm. Uh. So, but ultimately, if you think about it, usually, uh, usually it's the company 
that benefits from a probation period, like, right? Being able to assess assess uh, a candidate further for at least a period of three to six months or so. Like. Yeah. More likely than not, the person looking for the job wants the job, like, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and usually there's more job seekers than there are jobs available. Like. So, yeah, that was such a huge shock to me when I came in. Like, what? what is this probation period? How come? How's it even legal? How's it even like uh, allowed, like, right? For companies, mm. there's so much so much discretionary power to to say, hey, your performance is not up to par, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, we're, we're getting rid of you with only one week notice, you know? Mm. But after a while, I just, okay, this is, I just accepted, yeah, this is what, what it is in Singapore and we kind of got to deal with it. Lah. So that means like, but that was like in the US, you said there was nothing like, well, what about other countries that, you know? Uh, I don't know, good question. But at least where I, where I was working in, you know, financial services in the US, all that, uh yeah, the moment you sign, you sign already, right? And and it's just yeah. it's a it's a legally binding contract, but you are you know, you you get all the benefits from day one and all. Yeah. Because I know um another thing that I think happens a lot in Singapore is where during the interview process they make you do work lah. Um and I know different countries have different policies because we've we've been in a situation where we needed people who we were considering working with to do some work. Like, and mm-hmm. generally, like let's say a country like Australia, which is very pro-employee, there's a term, I can't fucking remember the term, where if you ask people to do work during the interview that would is part of your job scope, you kind of mm. need to compensate them. Like. Uh, um, I see, I see. But I think in Singapore, at least I've heard a few stories of people who start up companies and they just get a lot of people to do work uh, as part of the interview and then they use it la, in media. Mm. La. I've heard people who have interviewed before uh, come up with a video idea and all. They don't get a job and then the company just makes the video. La. I see, I see. Yeah, so so that's also another greyish area. I know we have listeners from outside of Singapore. So mm. so if you have any thoughts or is is it just the same everywhere? Uh, we live in a horrible world. Yeah. Um, or whether it's different. La. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately for this engineer, you know, he he I mean he signed his contract in Singapore, it's a Singapore company, so yeah kinda kinda just has to abide by those laws in Singapore. La. Yeah. I think I think it's a reminder for everyone to just look at their contract because I personally also mm. know a few people who are gonna quit their jobs after yeah. this year's bonus. Uh <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I think it's a common thing, right? It probably is a common thing. It is, it is. I think the Exodus, the post January February Exodus is is very real in Singapore, la. The post post Chinese New Year, la, Mostly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Post Chinese New Year, why post Chinese New Year? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of post bonus, smaller. La. Sorry, post bonus, la, You mean? No, because Chinese New Year, so I think a lot of more smaller SME traditional companies give out Chinese New Year bonuses, la. Uh, or whatever it is, la, Like Ang Pao or whatever, with Chinese New Year to the employees as well. So mm-hmm. generally, you know, you wouldn't want to leave before that, lah, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, between January and uh, between like New Year and Chinese New Year, uh, a lot of people are you know away or very busy with like celebrations and stuff. So uh, generally, that's not that's not a super busy time either, lah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, the yeah. Let us know if there's any other crazy clauses. You have in your work contract that you you think would be would be you know frowned upon by by the rest of the world, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, uh, it's yes. always interesting to hear perspectives from outside of Singapore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cool, man. Okay, so okay, uh, okay. One short comment. Uh, you know, it's been about a few days already. So, what has been your one short comment the last few days? Uh, my one short comment was just. Like uh, it was a it was a Yalabad topic suggestion, but I just want to bring mm. it up because it's kind of tied to our first topic about you know the the issues of wealth and inequality. Mm. Uh, it mm. was posted by Xiao Hong Civic, uh, just mm. today, and it was about a clip that went viral internationally where the CEO of a big company was having a Zoom call where she was talking to her employees about you know like we're in this together and all that, but by the end <laughs> she said something like. Uh, you know, for all those people asking me about bonuses, stop thinking about bonuses. You know, think about the $26 million we need to make. Uh, you know, my previous boss used to say you can visit Pity City, but you don't live in it. So people, mm. stop living in Pity City. 
And then she did like this mic drop gesture. La. <laughs> Basically, I think it's just fucked up. Uh, it's so stupid. She's shot, shooting herself in the foot. But I think the reason why it went viral is also because, yeah, la, it's it's on everyone. Everyone's on edge la, whenever there's this this issue of like someone. Because I think her compensation was like 1.2 million last year with a bunch more in, in stock options. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just another case of where oh, that in the public will definitely be skewered. Mm, yeah. 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 I, I didn't it's see really... too many Singapore outlets cover it. Um, but yeah, it was internationally, it, was, it, it went viral. I mean, yeah, in recent months, it's it's been all about there because right? there's so many layoffs going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was that CEO who took a photo of himself crying mm. after after his company laid off a bunch of people, things like that. La. Maybe it's just the combination of like uh, um, a lot of CEOs, you know, uh, trying to trying to keep up the image on on LinkedIn while the while the companies are falling apart or have fallen apart, like, right? Mm. Uh, so you know, it's not it's not just in the US, like, right? I think in Singapore also that happens. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and we've we've talked about this extensively with regards to our the hook situation and all that as well, like. So. I mean, I think we'll just see more of it because there are more layoffs coming up. Yeah, yeah, there are. There are. Tough. Um, yeah, man, tough. But yeah, I mean, thanks for thanks for posting that. Uh, but what about you? Yeah. What's your one short comment? Uh, Majestic Economist 6 mm. uh, posted off, posted, the first thing I thought of was Terrence. And he posted an article of most cycling groups are safe, but there are black sheep. Riders say after a recent accident. Uh, so, you know, this is something that we even talked we even thought about talking about the podcast as a topic, but I, I think, uh, you know, we've already covered the issue of cyclists on the road wearing spandex way too much already. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but, but it seems like, it seems like the road cyclists, after waging war against uh, drivers, they are now turning on each other uh, and they are, they are causing each other, you know, to get into accidents. Uh. So, so yeah, like, the whole story is about different cycling groups crashing each other and causing each you know there's a one, one poor fella who who got in an accident and I think he, he missed yeah this NDO he and his wife and a few friends are cycling and yeah they another group of cyclists came and overtook them uh very suddenly and very quickly mm. and ended up you know he he ended up uh, getting an accident and uh, you know, there was no accountability on the side of the cyclist that caused the accident, and there's really nothing that the cyclist can do, like, I think, to really to really hold them accountable. And uh, you know, before I stop me before I go on another twenty minute rant about road cyclists in Singapore, la. yeah. But yes, yeah, that was my like, one short comment. <laughs> I know you wanted to talk about that topic. I was like, Terence, uh that one, I've heard you speak about it a lot already. Now, look, to the point when people see articles about cyclists, right? They don't think of yeah. like, you know, the future of green technology, you know, the city of 2040. They think of you, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm the, the face, fuck, dude? I'm the face of uh, anti, anti-cycling. Yeah. yeah, that's the level we've reached. Guys, yeah. if you're listening and if you see someone cycling in spandex and the first thing you think about is Terrence... <laughs> It's a clear sign, okay, Terrence, yeah. that you need to take a chill pill. Yeah, yeah. I'm really very chill about it. I'm very chill, very chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can I, sense I, you're smiling, like, okay? As you see no, that line where they're turning on each other, I could sense the yeah. smile in your voice. I, I can't, I'll just, all I, all I have to say is, I, I saw this coming already. Like. It was oh, is it? This is going to happen at some it? point or another. The cyclists, at the end, they're just going to end up like, you know, attacking each other and, and all that as well. Like. And yeah, that's like when... That's when uh, they, even they themselves start calling for licensing and all these things. You're like a James Bond villain like that, yeah? <laughs> oh I had God. it all planned. Yeah. yeah, you had it all planned, man. You're still mm. smiling, right? You're still smiling. Still okay, I'm not, not so smiling. Like, I mean, there was an accident, like, poor fella. But mm. yeah, I feel I feel bad for the guy. But yeah, like, it's when you're on the road, that's what happens, right? Mm-mm-mm. Yes. But in the in the spirit of like smiles, uh, what is your one shook thing for the past few days, man? Yeah, my one shook thing actually is uh is uh, one of the you know the one of your big idols on YouTube, uh, Casey Neistat. Mm. I think uh, recently he he did a pretty interesting uh, video called AI Made This Vlog. It's a five minute video where he basically gets GPT four 
which is the new iteration of ChatGPT, right? To write mm. the script for a Casey Neistat video for him. And then he he actually records the whole thing, re-indexes it, and, and reads out the lines and all that. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty funny take on on uh you know how AI uh is encroaching create the creative field, uh but it's quite funny lah. I think I think if 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 you're interested, if you like Casey Neistat and you're interested in AI, which essentially is you lah, Harish, right? Yeah, I think you watch it, it, watch it, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Casey Neistat, yeah. Casey Neistat, just the ability to take anything and make it watchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not the first mm. time someone has done one of those like AI write a script and then we we enact it and all, but somehow when he does it, it's just it's just something really funny about it. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. It's just, it was good. It was good. It was only like five five plus minutes, so it's a good yeah, watch. Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what is your uh, one shook thing? My one shook thing is this website um uh dedicated to the Svalbard Global Seat Vault. Does that ring a bell, mm. Terence? No. What's that? Okay, so the 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 seed vault, right? Um, is is a facility somewhere in Norway that basically mm. has like ninety thousand uh seeds of crops um stored uh long term mm. just to make sure that we have uh, enough diversity in the event some shit happens. And sorry, it's four hundred thousand seed samples. Mm. Um, and I think I heard of it a few years ago, and I thought, oh shit, it's it's fucking cool, like It's own, yeah. it's a it's it's an agreement between the Norwegian government, uh, the Crop Trust, which mm. is um is an international NGO, uh, whose mission is to conserve and make available the world's crop diversity for food security, mm. and the Nordic Genetic Resource Center la. So so basically, the building is like a um a thin tall building in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this website mm. basically takes you on a tour inside. Like, it's one of those, it's like, you know, Google Maps, uh, it's a static image, but you can click an arrow and you go in. You click another arrow and you go in. And yeah. it's just so wild uh, that this exists. But mm. it's also pretty damn cool. Um, yeah. And the tour is is kind of cool. Just just to imagine, yeah, here's this thing. that It's just a vault for the world's seeds. Mm. 400,000 seed samples so that we will always have some form of biodiversity. Mm, mm. So and what like, brought you to this? Uh, I think I subscribed to some newsletter saying, oh, websites you should know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so think, from websites you should know to now one shop thing. Referring yeah. to the world. And I mean, that new, the newsletter is also, oh, it really is called websites you should know. The newsletter is pretty <laughs> dope, man. <laughs> like every Friday, mm. it just sends you like a bunch of like new websites that are cool. Um, mm. And this was one of them. I was like, oh, shit. This is cool. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Oh, cool. We, cool. we we managed to squeeze a podcast out. Yeah, in spite of the maybe not so not so earth-shattering uh, news articles out there. Yeah, yeah, man. Not so earth-shattering. But, but yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and, and uh, have a happy Hari Raya weekend, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I, it's not a long weekend, but I think a lot of people are taking Monday off as well. So mm-hmm. hopefully you enjoy and uh, yeah, and keep us in your in your ears during this period as well. Cool. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>